Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's Melchester Odyssey again. Um, here we are. We're going through the best of Roy the Rovers, the 1980s, and we are, wow, we're about two-thirds of the way through this book now. And then we begin on the 70s, and yeah. then we go back to the 80s, and we go through every week of the 1980s until one of us dies, or the Mexicans behead us. Before the Mexicans get us, yeah. What is this, Roy of the Rovers? This is... It's a child's comic, but you are men? What is this? <laughs> what are you, little baby men? Ki- are you little kitty fiddlers? Is that what this is? <laughs> You try to come you here groomers? to Mexico to tempt our children into your car with your comics and then you interfere with them? No, my friend, you must die now. Off come your heads. <laughs> we will hang you in the village as a warning to all the other podcasters. <laughs> and have a fiesta. Fair enough. Fair enough, we've had it coming. Um, yeah, well, it's uh, 17th of October 1981, we're about to look at. And it's another one of those excellent issues that's got Roy on the front cover. And normally it tells you a couple of things that that are in the issue, but because this is such a striking image, literally on the front, it shows an uh, an anonymous fist throwing a punch Mm. at a a startled Roy. Um, And it just says a fistful of trouble. And then underneath... It's one of the most exciting covers we've seen, isn't it? Isn't it? You'd buy I mean, that. You'd buy yeah. that if you were in the shop. Definitely. I if mean, this is, in... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting flashbacks to when this was out and I would have got this and it would have been like, whoa. Can you think of, like, I can think of the news agents that I frequented as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finlay's was one of them. Hardin's mm-hmm. was another. Patel's. Um, these were the places where I would go and there was another mm-hmm. one called Efficient Stationers. Bit of a weird name, isn't it? Know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fishing stationers. The weird stuff going in the back room now, I reckon. I know. Um, and uh, it's a good shot, that actually. But when I think about going in and seeing this comment, thinking, "Oh, the new one's out. Great, get mm. it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it." Yeah. Right. You can smell it, can't you? Can you smell yeah. the yeah. news agent? Yeah. Totally. I can. I can completely. Mine was McCall's. Yeah. Shiny, shiny raw. What a name for a place that Brilliant. is, Sam. That's where I grew up. Shiny Row. Shiny uh, Row. Is that the Ro. name of your childhood street? No, that's the name of the village. Oh, Shiny Row. Shiny Row, really? Wow. Yeah, nice, isn't it? Yeah. Shiny with an E in it, though. 
So right. it's like an old spelling of it. But um, if you've been to Shiny Road... Sounds like a Britpop album. <laughs> or band. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. yeah. I'm Mark Radcliffe. This is the White Room. And straight in now from the northeast, it's Shiny Row with Shine On. <laughs> yeah, if you've been to Shiny Row, it doesn't really live up to the description that much. Mm. But um, yeah, McCall's was the news agent. I ended up having a paper around there when I was older as well. But yeah. that thing of going up there, well, I, with Roy the Rovers, I used to get it delivered. But mm. there was, you know, I think later on it would be like the NME. You'd go up and you'd buy the Would NME you deliver it yourself to yourself? When you were Not working, Roy the Rovers, then. no, I'd stop buying it by then. Uh, but uh, yeah, you could still like totally visualise it, can't you? The whole place. And it, the first shopping experience I had in that shop will have been um, football seventy nine stickers, mm. buying them religiously. But um, yeah, it was good. They were good. I don't know if news agents are as exciting anymore. No, I mean when I was a kid, there was almost nothing better than a news agent. Mm. You know, a that decent it, yeah. one. That had your comics, your football magazines, like Shoot and Match when you graduated to that. I used to like Looking. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about Looking before. And then, of course, you graduated from Looking to Smash Hits. And then mm-hmm. right through my teens and 20s, you know, I'd spend fucking hours. Like, God almighty, when I was first together with my with my missus, she'd, she'd, I'd drive her mad because I would go into... So when we got older and there was we lived near a really one of these big news agents you get in London that's like fucking got every last it's got fucking oh, big big fucking London news agents yeah, news, yeah. I mean shit that you wouldn't you ever get in Sunderland shiny row like, you would not get anything like this in shiny row I mean you'd be like looking at Romanian fashion magazines the lot mate French Vogue and all that fucking yeah, yeah, everything course, yeah. right and I would stand there for fucking hours but when I was a when I was a young kid, just the local ones, yeah, because also they'd have stationery, which would be good, wouldn't it? They'd mm. have sweets, and mm. they'd also sometimes have quite shit toys hanging mm. off of a sort of a carousel. Like mm. you'd get a flyaway football. You might get some real budget action figures that were off-brand action figures, so Those they weren't polystyrene- Star Wars or Action po- Force. Those polystyrene planes that you could easily assemble that came in a packet. Yeah. So you, you can there's good money to be spent. There was good pocket yeah. money to be spent in any news agents, really, wasn't there? Spend, 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 spend. Hey, I spend it all. <laughs> I want some well, Maltesers. I want a man with a parachute. A plastic <laughs> man with a parachute that I can lob out my bedroom window into the garden. <laughs> <laughs> I want a copy of Ryder Rovers. I want three highlighter pens. And I want some fucking hubba bubba. And I want one of them little dogs to put on the end of my pencil. <laughs> Give it all to me. Here's my pocket money. Then you just release a handful of shekels. <laughs> you fucking count it. I don't know how much is that. Should cover all of this, shouldn't it? Count it out. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've talked to you and on this podcast at great length about my love, my deep love of Thursk. And we ended mm. up playing oh, a yeah. show there last year. Yeah, it was a really nice of, place, actually. I mean, and when I, me, my grandparents had the caravan near to Thursk, and we'd go into Thirsk on a Saturday mm. morning, sort of thing, to do a bit of shopping. Yeah. And there was a newsagent's yeah, right in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's where you'd head straight the, for, the, the street. Yeah. And it was a newsagent's plus a toy department out of the back. And oh. that was just Nirvana. Fucking And hell. then in about 1983, I discovered there was a record shop on the outskirts of Thirsk as well. Oh, ho- all my attention's a, turned to that. A holiday, a holiday, um, a holiday newsagent is almost the best sort. Because yeah. obviously, you know, I, I used to go to my grandma's, which is in a place called Chorley Wood, right, it, which is in mm. Hertfordshire. 
And it's, you know, it's on the Metropolitan Line. Some people would categorise it as London. It's not. It's in Hertfordshire, but it's like, it's quite... To me, I used to say it was going to the countryside. It only takes half an hour, right? Yeah. You go, oh, I'm going to the countryside. Man, it's cause it had a big common and it felt a lot more rural than where I lived. Mm. And there was a little village. And by comparison to the shops near me in London, they were shit. But it was just <laughs> the fact that you were away. From it's home. a new territory, isn't it? And new discoveries like, and all that. Fucking hell, have you seen this? Yeah. And then, like, the local bigger town was Rickmansworth. You go there, and that had a record shop. In fact, I remember buying from there um, when I, I was probably a bit older. I was probably about 12. Um, Eighth Wonder, I'm Not mm. Scared, Patsy Kensit. Yeah, remember that? that? Yeah. Fucking good, good song, cover. that, as well. It is. Pet Shop but, Boys produced it, didn't they? Oh, that's it. Yeah, and it recently... Yeah. And she also... Oh, sings a bit eh? in French. She sings a bit in French, mate. Yeah, very triggerable. She starts talking in French, which yeah. is was quite common back then, and now it's not done so much. But I, I would love to do. Maybe we could do it one time on top, um, top flight tune machine. Our new music podcast coming soon. Best, to- best bits where people talk French in a song. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Write that down. Yeah. I like right, it. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember that that shop in Thir- the record shop in Thirsk. That was where I bought my first ever twelve inch single, first really? one I ever bought, Ooh. and that was "Union of the Snake" by Duran Duran. Fucking great song. Was yeah. that Nile Rogers? I think that might have been because Nile Rogers did a bit of uh, producing he, for them, didn't I, he? I don't know if he. I don't think he produced the album, but he, he did a remix of the Reflex and oh, made yeah. it in from like the um, awkward piece of sludge that it was on the album into a <laughs> shiny, glimmering. Number one pop single. Yeah. Reflex. Re- 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 flex, 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 flex. Yeah. yeah. All that. The I bought seven inch reflex. Uh, the, sn- the lyrics of Duran Duran are just pure cocaine. That's what I like yeah. about them. Yeah. But it's like, nonsense. I think of, like, people think about cocaine and they think, like, Fleetwood Mac or Led Zeppelin or the rockers, the long haired rockers. But I think the most cocaine y band of all time, definitely Duran Duran. Duran And if you yeah. read John Taylor's book, which I have, you get a very vivid picture of just how cocaine they were. But you don't need to read the book because look at the fucking notes. I interviewed John Taylor once. I said, what's your favourite your favourite Duran Duran lyric of all time? And he shrugged as if I was mad for asking. And he went, um, "It's well, it's the opening line to Hungry Like a Wolf, obviously. Dark in the city, night on a wire. Or night is a wire, right? And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. He goes, well, might not do, but it sounds pretty cool, right? Case closed. Yeah, exactly. He was really like that. But he was so beautiful, I couldn't argue with him. <laughs> you try to touch him. Yeah. <laughs> Can I touch your face? You're the most beautiful man I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm pretty confused right now. Any lyrics you said would sound cool. Are you on cocaine at the moment? Or are those days behind you? <laughs> Oh man! And I bought the Reflex seven inch during a school trip to Whitby, just for a bit of extra colour there. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so Roy Rovers, Rovers is, someone's trying to punch him in the face. Someone's trying to punch him in the he's, face. He's ducked out of the way. What's interesting is it's a very arresting cover, like we said, very arresting. <laughs> the, the fist is enormous. It's completely unlike any other cover of Roy Roy the Rovers yeah. you've ever seen. And it's got but, hairs on it. Yeah, the- oh, it's very detailed and it's scary. And Roy looks scared, but he's yeah. done a good, really good job of just like, um, you know, mm. ducking out the way of the punch. He's avoided it, hasn't he? But, but, um, but just behind him is an an older woman. A mystery woman. A mystery hmm. I th- Is it his mother-in-law? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think his mother-in-law I don't know what she's fucking doing there. I've got to suspect 
I suspect who I think this is, but we'll find right, out. But as she's we go, there, and it's just a funny extra, almost unnecessary yeah. detail that the illustrates. Really, he's going, "Now, yeah, he's on the phone. Yeah, so yeah, I did it like you asked, right? Someone <laughs> swinging a mystery assailant is trying to punch Roy. Don't tell me it looks fucking dynamite. Just as a bonus, I've drawn a slightly frumpy middle-aged woman just gasping <laughs> in the background." Right. And why? We didn't ask for that. I just thought it might set off a few oh, ideas, God. you know. <laughs> and um, she's holding her hand up to her mouth in horror Ooh. at what she's seeing. Gasp! And then underneath it says, to find out what the trouble is, mm. see the colour pages inside. And they've got, they've got Charlie Carter to do the little bit at the top. Do you remember when we decided Charlie Carter was a Native American? Oh, yeah. He's got. He's he's done the bit at the top, which just says final part of booklet today. Yeah, they don't clarify what the booklet <laughs> what is. What kind of booklet it is, though? Didn't well, we? What was the booklet we claimed they were putting together before? Was it about a booklet a about their one true white Aryan one true god, white Aryan god? There. Yeah, I thought uh, we had the fine details, but that's what it was. Final part um, of white Christian god booklet today. <laughs> Education now complete. Mental realignment successful. <laughs> Pledge you belong to us to now. one true white god. <laughs> well, two weeks before, on the 3rd of October, was part four. So this will be part six. So they're obviously assuming that everyone knows what the fucking booklet is by now. It's just like, final part of booklet today. Fucking, I'm glad to get rid of it. There's no space to write what the booklet's about. If they don't know that by now... Them fuck them, basically. We don't need readers that thick. <laughs> I've got these issues somewhere, so I have to dig about and find out what the booklet was and what it was about. Is, Do a dig dive into the booklet. <laughs> uh, so that's the cover. And then into the story, and it begins. Uh, it says, although relegated to the second division, Melchester Rovers had made a brilliant start of the season, but off-the-field problems were building up for Roy. After his villainous cousin, Arnie Meckiff. Villainous? That's a bit strong. He's only just seemed like a bit of a, you know, a bit of a character so far. There's been no suggestion of any villainy or illegality. He's just a prick who's turned up with his suitcase and fucking dossed down. I know, but fucking, this is just, you know, Roy's in a Lampard, isn't it? He just doesn't like him. It's prejudiced because mm. he's Australian, so they immediately present him as a lout. Criminal. Which is unfair. Yeah, yeah criminal and loutish. Went over on the boat some time ago, yeah. Either a criminal or descended from one. Um, I've said before, Roy's big problem... With his with Arnie, it's just that he he doesn't fucking look up to him, put him on a pedestal like every mm. other cunt does. He yeah. just treats Roy as he finds him, which is very yeah. Australian and admirable, right? It is. There's no and class system in Australia, apparently. Roy is just doesn't. He can't fucking compute that. He's like, yeah. if you're gonna fucking hang around in Melchester, you gotta fucking know how things work. Follow the rules. First fucking rule is that I'm fucking god round here. Right, and I expect to be treated <laughs> as such by every cunt, even you. Um, Arnie's more like, G'day, cunt, I'll be sleeping in your bed while I'm here. G'day, cunt, I've opened a shop and I just squeezed your <laughs> wife's ass. She liked it too, she giggled. I've opened a, I've opened a shop, I ignored all the paperwork and the legal stuff. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind, but I signed your name, I falsified <laughs> your signature in order to underwrite the whole deal. You don't mind, do your sport? Well, family, don't we? We'll get to the arse pinching later. What's all this about a fucking shop? <laughs> and we're going to find out what the shop's about. 
because Roy's just got off the bus, hasn't he? Mm. It says, his villainous cousin Arnie Mecca arrived from Australia unexpectedly. Roy returned from an away game to find that a Melchester shop was under new ownership. And as we saw last week, it just says A. Mecca on the sign. And Roy's got close up to the shop window and he says, so this is Arnie's latest wheeze. He set himself up as a land agent. Uh, <laughs> what? A land agent? A fucking land agent. Fucking land agent business. Not and a bad then, business. If you yeah, do it right, bastard. mind. Which, which I, I doubt he is. What of him being Australian? <laughs> it does look quite villainous, actually. It, it says, dodgy, uh, yeah. one of the posters says, Seaside plots available from only £5,000. And there's something about a dream scam. house that we can't quite see. We should become uh, land agents, mate. Yeah, we should, shouldn't we? Uh, Top flight time machine land agency. Yeah. I'd and like to Roy's sell holes that I had dug. That would be good. So yeah. buy this hole, hand dug by Britain's best journalist, Sam Delaney, mm. right? Take a snap of me next to it, showing it. Hole can be used for start of tunnel, hiding mm. in. Hiding things in, mucking about near. Various size holes available. Yeah. For all your the needs. Possibilities are endless. Would you like to buy? You can advance by. If you're listening, I've got some holes that I can sell that are pre dug, but you can also invest in advance and buy a share in a hole that is yet to be dug. Yeah. Up to you. I call it a time hole. Time hole, yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm not promising you can travel through time via this hole, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see how the whole you thing goes. don't try, goes. you don't find out. Yeah. Get in there. You'll come out in the fucking 1950s. <laughs> You'll like come out with your hair covered in fucking brill cream. Jalapeño. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Like Nicholas Lindhurst's weirdly yeah. successful bigamy comedy. Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> it's not weirdly successful because every fucking cunt sat home, bored fucking dad, is fantasised about that. I think, right? It'd be yeah. fucking great if I could go back in time and get a missus in wartime, as well as this fucking boring cow. <laughs> I want a wartime missus. All middle-aged men who that was aimed at as well, they love war, don't they? They, they yeah. all they want to watch is Second World War documentary. They just want war and a bit on the side. Yeah, that's all I'm fucking interested in. I've got to the age where all I care about is Nazi documentaries and trying to have an affair, right? And this programme ticks both boxes. I also like that it's got Rodney in it, but I'm not quite sure about his voice because he's a bit posh in this. It's a bit annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
that's a future deep dive. Um, yeah, so Roy's looking in the window, hands on hips, looking quite stern, and he says, but only £5,000 for a plot of land overlooking the sea. <laughs> it's just got to be a hoax. <laughs> the cunt will be selling holes next. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got to be a hoax. And Blackie Grizz joined him and he's going, what has I see? <laughs> I see. Oh, I jumped oh. off the coach because I could see by your shoulders that you were getting tense and I was worried. I was looking at your body language and I wasn't happy. <laughs> what about you now? Come on, get back on the coach and I'll give you a shoulder rub. <laughs> and uh, Roy says, that's what I intend to find out, Blackie. You and the other lads carry on. I'll take this taxi back to my place. There's a taxi there. He's just yeah, jumped just into a taxi. What, what he arranges for, though, is that he arranges for a taxi to follow him everywhere, whether yeah. he's walking on yeah. a coach or in his own car. He mm. pays a cabbie to follow him everywhere because I need to make a quick fucking getaway. You yeah. need to be trailing me at all times, right? Yeah. So Penn starts asking difficult questions and we're at a set of traffic lights, right? She's mm-hmm. found a pair of knickers in the fucking glove compartment that ain't hers, <laughs> for example. All I need to do, yours truly, is fucking pull up at the lights, jump out, quick as a flash, while she knows what the fuck's going on. I'm in the back Bang. of your sherbet. Gone. And you got, you got me down the fucking feathers. <laughs> Sanctuary. You got me in... You got me at the feathers as quick as you can fucking say a packet of dry roasted. <laughs> Reminds me a bit of the story someone did on Twitter ages ago where they'd um, Bob Dylan had been playing in Bournemouth of all places at the fucking International Centre, whatever it's called, and this this fella had uh, seen this really slow moving coach going at about five miles an hour mm. uh, in Bournemouth, and when he got a bit closer. Uh, Bob Dylan was walking along the pavement alongside it. Fucking hell. He got off his tour bus and decided to have a bit of a walk. Have a little walk. So the bus had to go up five mile an hour. Just next Bob to him. That's strong. amazing. Yeah, alongside him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get to do that one day when we've got a bus and time hold. Uh, so, Roy gets in the taxi and he heads home. Uh-oh. But Roy found another problem waiting on his doorstep, and look who it is. And Roy thinks to himself, "God grief, it's Kenny Logan's father. He's followed the lad down from Scotland." It's Roy's biggest nightmare. He never thought he'd do that, did he? He didn't think he'd come all the way from Scotland. What a fucking day for all this to happen, and me wearing my green suit and fucking yellow polar neck underneath. And I haven't even had a shower afterwards. I've still got a sweat on from the football. Um, right. He's a Scotsman, so I know his first instinct will be to stick the nut on me. I'm going <laughs> to kick this cunt right in his fucking bollocks as soon as he gets within range. <laughs> then I'm going to fucking jump back in the cab and head for the feathers. <laughs> I've only, only come up to get me wallet. <laughs> and, uh, so there it is, it's Kenny Logan's father, and Kenny Logan goes there, so there you are, race. <laughs> Uh, Do Logan's not come father, a step further. I am warning <laughs> you now. <laughs> Logan's father, of course, played by George Galloway in recent episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it says, it gives us a bit of backstory in the next frame. It says, Roy had signed promising young Kenny Logan against the wishes of his father, who wanted the boy to enter the family business. And it was a state agent business, wasn't it? I wonder if we yeah. could get him teamed up with Arnie Meckham. Yeah. Keep everyone You're happy. both into land. Arnie, <laughs> that I, is. I'll give him this. He's got the gift of the gap. And he is motivated, but he is utterly corrupt and, I think, very <laughs> stupid. 
Now, you are more of a bottom-down traditional estate agent. I figure if you put the two of you together, it could be a fucking winning combo. An Australian and a Scotsman. Perfect synergy. (laughs) (laughs) So, look... All I ask for putting this little fucking team together is 5% off every fucking property you ever sell. (laughs) Finder's fee. Um, And... Mr. Logan says, uh, you went behind my back. You've enticed my son away from me. And Roy quite correctly says, I didn't entice anyone. Kenny's 18. He's old enough to make his own decisions, Mr. Logan. (laughs) To which Logan, Logan raises his fist at this point so we can see what's coming. We know who the punch throw is. He says, and what happens if he doesn't come up to your expectations? You'll probably throw him on the soccer scrap heap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe I fucking will. Well, it's just the way it goes. It's fucking Darwinism, (laughs) innit? In football survival of the fucking fittest. Human detritus. I'll fucking (laughs) chuck him away. There is a scrap heap. Yes, I'll admit it. It's supposed to be a secret, but it exists. All right. Actual young men piled up. All the clubs use it. All the top flight clubs, that is. (laughs) We all chuck our fucking human waste on there. (laughs) They get hosed down once a day. Keep them fresh. In case any of the smaller clubs want to come and pluck them from the soccer scrappy. We, we de-louse them and all with powder <laughs> like they do in the nick when you first arrive. <laughs> you must know that as a Scotsman. You've probably been in and out <laughs> like a right cunt. You know that bit where you have to bend over naked and part your ass cheeks? <laughs> yes, I do know to what you are referring. I am familiar yeah. with that process. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Well, yes. Is that all you have to say? Yeah, no, I'm just in my mind now. I'm thinking about, you know, getting checked into Nick and all the weird shit that has to happen. Suppose it's for a reason, though. I mean, you know, it's not pleasant, but unfortunately, it's the minority of idiots who try to smuggle in drugs and whatnot. Spoil it for everyone else. Effectively imposing that indignity on all of the perfectly decent cons who have perhaps gone in there just for, you know, a tax irregularity, for instance. (laughs) White-collar criminals. In my opinion, there should be two lanes, really. One for white-collar criminals like me, for example, and one for the others, where they get their anus checked. There should also be VIP wings for people who are in the public eye, right, who have made mistakes and are happy to, you know, take their medicine, but are, are fundamentally decent and quite important people. And are pre- prepared to, you know, put a little bit extra into the government pot, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. for their privilege. And you can have your own food. You can have conjugal visits from the missus or perhaps other ladies who are, who are interested in coming. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. I've been reading Mike Tyson's autobiography. It is the <laughs> maddest book I have ever read. I mean, I know I said is that it? about Elton John's book, but this is beyond mad. Do we need to go into this? It reminds me of... Like you know, like the way in Tiger King, the mad thing about Tiger King is, you know how mad the show is. In as much as they can't find time to actually go deep into some really mad details, they just skip across. Like that bit yeah. where they go, "Oh yeah, this geezer who owns a load of tigers, he was the basis of Scarface, and he used to smuggle all the cocaine into the East Coast of America in these snakes, yeah. right?" And you're <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute, what's all this?" <laughs> This, that's insane. Tell me about the drug states. I go, we haven't got time because we've got to get back to Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. 
that's just a footnote in this fucking show, mate, right? I hope they're doing that as a spin-off documentary because that's worth watching. Mike Tyson's book is really like that. It's like he'll just say casually, yeah, so anyway, you know, I had to fight for the... I had to fight, you know, so-and-so for the championship of the world and I was flying into Great Britain. Um, uh, I I was completely high on coke and weed constantly right up until the fight. Uh, and I was a bit worried because I had a criminal record of them doing a urine test when I arrived in the country. But that was fine because I just used this fake penis that I carried everywhere with me filled with my <laughs> assistant's clean urine. <laughs> and he just tosses that in there. And he just tosses it in. He goes, anyway, on the night of the fight, I got ready as usual, right? And you have to keep going. I, can't, I had to go back and think, did I read that right? He's normalised the fake penis. Mike Tyson carried a fake penis filled with someone else's urine everywhere because he always needed it on him because he was subject to constant urine tests either pre or post fights or travel in the world or whatever so he just always had a a, a rubber schlong where did he keep it in his trousers then I don't know he carried out of his hold all I don't know he got to do a a urine test Mike I mean Mike Tyson I just get out my fake penis yeah He's just fucking mad. He's like the maddest cunt ever. That's why he's champion. That. You realise he's just like, and he and the other thing about him is he says it all over. He goes, the thing is, I'm just a disgusting animal from a cesspit. I'm disgust. Mm. I'm a disgusting yeah, madman. He was. He was full of self-loathing, wasn't he? Yeah, and yeah. but he really articulates well. I mean, obviously, as a ghostwriter, but he's had to have said the things for them to end up in print. And mm. he he's just like, yeah, you know, like you know, they lived in complete poverty in Brooklyn. And, like, his mum, he had to share a bed with his mum. His brother and sister, they lived in one room. His brother and sister would be in one bed and he would share a bed with his mum. And his mum would bring men home and have sex with them in the bed with a young Mike. He said, I'd just keep my eyes shut and pretend I was asleep. And at one point he goes, it could be things like that that perhaps traumatised me later in life. I don't know. You reckon? Right, I don't know. You reckon? And then, like, one night he's... is what his mum had this boyfriend who lived with him for a while who he quite liked even though he was you know obviously abusive and mad but he sort of might quite respected him and one night his mum he came home and his mum was having an argument with him about something or other something to do with him cheating and Mike was sat next to the bloke on the couch right while his mum was cooking and shouting going fucking insane she was a big drinker and in the middle of the argument, she picked up a pot of boiling water off the stove and just flung it in this geezer's face, Fucking full hell. in his face. But M- little Mike Tyson was sat next to the geezer, so it went on Mike Tyson too. Fucking hell. She didn't give a fuck. The bloke ran out with his face all, like, peeling off, and Mike Tyson's, like, crying, and so are his siblings. They're like, fucking hell, mum, why did you do that, <laughs> you mad bastard? And she's like, fuck off, he deserved it. And all of this stuff, right? But again, he kind of skates over this stuff. So, yeah, so that was that incident. Anyway. Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) Then I went back. He was like on the street, 12 years old, robbing people, adults, Mm. fighting, having guns pulled. Some geezer comes out of a shop when he's on his way to school and holds a sawn shotgun to his bollocks when he's 12. And he said, I didn't know who the fuck he was. And I said, why are you doing that? And he goes, I'm going to blow your bollocks off because you've robbed my shop three times in the last, like, month. He went, I didn't actually recognise the guy, but I had no reason to disbelieve him because I robbed shops every day. So I thought, fucking hell, he's got me. He's going to blow me bollocks off. Yeah. But he managed to get away. I wonder if it was that news agent in Thursk at the toy shop at the back. (laughs) Might have been, yeah. Might have been. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, I might deep that. dive that book at, at some point. But anyway, yeah. the reason it came up is that <clears throat> when he was in the Nick, he arranged every different fucking way to get conjugal visits from <laughs> all women. Like if you wrote from all around the world, if you wrote to him and sent a picture, he would write back. Cause he was super rich when he was in prison. He was in there for yeah. like about three years, right? And he's gone. Uh, yeah. Um, if you sent a picture and he'd go, like, he fancies her, right? Or mm. even if he didn't, he'd go, I didn't care. I just, he goes, you know, when you're in, when you're in the joint, pussy's pussy. He'd say all things like that, right? Very got obviously awful attitude towards women. And he goes, uh, and he would just, he would write back to them and he'd go, right, come to visit me, wear no knickers and a dress that buttons down the front. I will arrange for first class tickets to pick you up tomorrow, right? And like, this is like, for instance, there's just some woman in Britain who just was a fan of his and wrote him a letter and sent a photo. Fucking and he went, come over now. And he had her there first class two days later and was out in the like exercise yard with her sat on his lap having sex with her. And he'd just, like, hell. pay the, you know, pay a screw or whatever to, like, turn VIP me up. VIP prison, that for you, innit? Fucking hell. VIP prison. The bit I read last night, he goes, anyway, I was feeling a lot better and I was on these antidepressants and I thought life was better again and I'd been out of prison for a few years and I was heavyweight champion of the world again, so that was good. Um, but then um, I was driving along with my new wife and someone rear-ended her at some traffic lights. And the reason he'd rear-ended us is that someone had rear-ended him. So we were just at the front of a row. Mm. And the guy behind us got out of the car and started remonstrating with the guy behind him. And mm. they started fighting. And I looked at this for a few moments in the in the wing mirror and didn't respond. But then after a few moments, something just snapped. So I got out of my car. Bear in mind, it's got nothing really to do with him. I'm sorry. He goes, so in the end, I just got out of the car and I beat up every motherfucker in the whole incident. I beat them all up really badly. He goes, I, he goes I kicked one in the bollock. Yeah, but there, you're there having an argument. And then suddenly behind yeah. you here, excuse me, like and it's Mike Tyson. And he kicked the first bloke in the bollocks as hard as he could, right? And then started mm. pummeling him. Imagine getting pummeled by Mike Tyson in the street. Okay, it would just take one glancing blow, I'd be dead. Yeah. And then he just started beating the shit out of the other guy. And then other people start coming. He starts beating it. He just beat everyone up. Yeah, I just beat yeah. everyone up. And then I just got back in the car. Yeah, just to be on the safe side. I did all of them. <laughs> I think it's best. You say to the wife, oh, this is bad. Do you think we ought to wait for to exchange insurance details? <laughs> Yeah, we ought to. We ought to. Um, oh, it's getting a bit horrible. They're really arguing. I tell you what, love, you stay here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get out and beat everyone up. I'll beat everyone up. And then once I've done, I'll just see what happens after that. Okay? Yeah, okay, love. Yeah. So you, you just sit tight. I'm just going to beat them up. I'm going to kick the first one in the ball. And then I'm going to use the boxing skills that made me the youngest ever heavyweight champion of the world on the other men. <laughs> My favourite bit of that story, yeah. the very beginning, where he said he was on new antidepressants and everything seemed fine. Yeah, and then one day he just snapped <laughs> and beat everyone up. Fuck <laughs> you now. Anyway, yeah. speaking of violence, back to Roy the Rovers, mm-hmm. uh, he says, you'll probably throw him on the soccer scrap heap. And he raises his fist to Roy, and Roy says, I don't believe it, he's going to take a punch at me. And we'll find out what happens with that punch in the next episode. Will he connect or won't he? Will the first glancing blow connect? Will there be a flurry of punches that come afterwards? Will it go to ground? 
Will feet and boots be involved? I'm surprised that as a Scotsman he's gone for a punch rather than tried to grab grab Roy by his lapels because he's wearing a lapel jacket and just stick the fucking nut on him. the nut on him, yeah. Will someone's ear get bitten off? (laughs) Like Mike Tyson. And Evander Holyfield. We'll find out in the next episode of the Melchester Odyssey. Thank you for listening. TTFN, dickheads. Thanks. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.